Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. At this time, before I begin to speak this morning, I, I want to invite Sister Betty up here this morning. She's going to share a little bit and bring us a song as well. So why don't you give her a big hand this morning as she comes. God bless you, Sister Betty. Thank you, Pastor. Absolutely. Good morning, church family. Good morning. Good morning. Um, in this life, there's a lot of challenges we all go through. But God is faithful. Amen. We have challenges, we have hurts, we have pain, we have disappointment and grief. But thank God yes. He helps us to get through them all. Yes, amen. And I have found the secret in challenges in my 75th years of life. Mm. How God has blessed me. Mm. How he's been with me every step of the way. Amen. As Pastor Anna um, just, uh, just said, losing two little boys, a three-and-a-half-year-old son, uh, a baby boy that lived only 30 days, premature, two deceased husbands, parents, grandparents. But I tell you, if it had not been for God, Amen. hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you Father. In this life, as I said, stress, grief, worries. But God, he doesn't want us to worry. He said to cast all our cares upon him. Yes. Because he cares for us. Amen. When I am weak, he makes me strong. Yes. Right now, my husband Ed is going through a challenge. Yes. Health yes. challenge. Yes. When the doctor diagnosed him about three years ago with cancer, Fierce set up in my spirit. And the enemy wanted me to think and to tell me, he's going to die. You're going to be a widow again. But I said, Lord, I'm standing on your promises. He, mm. He's all right. Ed wasn't fearful. Mm. He's trusting God. Amen. And seeing the faith that he has in God to heal him yes. through his pain, this too shall pass. Amen. And God has given me strength. To hold on, to go through this journey with him. Yes. It's not I, but it's the Christ that's in me. Amen. Thank and you, Lord. And over the years that God has been with me, through all the heartaches, when I lost my children, I thought my heart would never heal. But I tell you, he will give you the strength. He will give you the fortitude. Yes. Years ago, I had a nervous breakdown. God healed my mind. Yes. He healed my heart. Amen. He's a heart fixer yes, and a mind regulator. Yes. I don't care what you're going yes. through with. This day, uncertainties, doubt, fear, anxiety, God will see you through. Amen. Amen. And over the years, God has given me songs. Praise God. It's not me. I'm not a singer. But he has given me a song. That when I'm feeling low, when I'm feeling weary, it comforts me to talk to God, to praise Him, to worship Him in spirit and in songs and praise. Yes. When praises go up, yes. blessings comes down. Amen. And it quietens your spirit. Yes. Whatever is going on, just praise God. Talk to Him. Because he cares about us. Yes. He cares about everything that goes on in our lives. And we are always on his mind. Amen. And this particular praise song that I sing in my home, I sing in the car, I sing in the shower, it gives me comfort. Listen at the words. Thank you, Lord. In his Presence in God's presence, there I found peace. I have found joy. Thank you. 
wants us to rest in yes. him, to trust him at yes. his word, at Amen. his promises. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. In God's presence. Yes. Thank you, Lord. In his presence, there I found Peace. Yes. I have found joy Thank you, Lord. and sweet rest. Yes. Thank he you, wants Jesus. us to rest from our cares, our fears, yes. and worries. Yes. And I, I won't worry. Thank you, Lord. Ed and I. No. That's right. Amen. We just won't worry. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God's giving us peace. Yes. He's giving us joy and sweet rest. rest, And we won't worry. No. For we have peace. Yes. We have joy. Thank you, Lord. And sweet rest. Thank you, Jesus. You see, Amen. for nothing else matters. Yes. Amen. Thank you. No, it just don't matter. Amen. Thank you, Lord. When you have Peace. Yes. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. You Thank you for your peace, Lord. Have joy. Thank you, Jesus. And sweet rest. Amen. Rest from your cares, your yes. worries, yes. your hurts, your pain. Yes. And nothing else will matter. No, it just don't matter. When you have peace, yes. when you have joy and sweet rest, thank you, Jesus. Oh, in His presence, yes. thank you. into God. Ed and I, Amen. we both have peace. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Peace Father. that surpasses all yes. understanding. Yes, yes, Lord. We Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for the joy yes. of the yes. Lord is my strength. Yes. And sweet rest. Yes. But I, I won't worry. No, we refuse to worry. Amen. God giving us peace. He's giving us joy and sweet rest. Yes, thank you, so Lord. Come with me. Yes. Amen. Amen. Into his presence. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God's presence. Yes. yes. You will find peace. Yes. You will find joy. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And sweet rest. For yes. there is love, love in His presence. Yes. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Joy, joy unspeakable. Joy. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. That was beautiful.
Give her another hand. Amen. Amen. We will do our best. You'll definitely get it on SoundCloud. You know, the Lord will give us a song like that. He'll give us a song during the middle of your trial. And that's what, uh, what I love about the Lord is He always speaks uh, into our life. And He'll speak confidence and uh, give you a word like that. That's a direct word from the Lord to you in the middle of that trial. Amen? So no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. Can somebody say that this morning? I'm not alone. alone. You walk with the Lord. Amen. Amen. And that is so beautiful because all of us have had or sung a song similar to that. If you've ever gone through a trial, I promise you, I guarantee you've sung a song like that. And when you go through a trial and everybody here, you're going to go through a trial. Can I get an amen on that? You're going to go through a trial. And when you do, you need to allow the spirit of God to begin to speak to you. And that brings healing. That brings emotional healing. But what I love about that song is it talks about peace. It talks about joy. And you can't have that in the middle of a trial unless, unless you know the King of Kings. Amen? Amen. You, when you have that experience of knowing the King of Kings, then the peace that passes all understanding can become yours. Then joy, and, and the Bible talks about the fullness of joy and joy unspeakable and all this wonderful joy that only the Lord can give you. The world can't sell you that. The world can't give you that. Only the Lord can give you that. Amen? And that, that becomes or that comes as a result of what we're going to continue to talk about this morning, which is prayer and so if everybody has an outline, raise your hand. If you didn't have an outline, you'll get one this morning. But I'm going to dive into it this morning. This is part two of our shaken and stirred to pray. And this morning we're going to talk about hindrances in prayer. And one of the great things about prayer is exactly that song you just heard. That, that was a beautiful song that the Lord has given Sister Betty. And that only happens when you put the time in in prayer. When you, when you put the time in, when you block out all those hindrances. And our connection question this morning was, what are some of the ways we can, we, what, what can we do to prevent those, those interruptions during prayer, right? Because we all have them. And it starts with, number one, having a desire to pray. You got to have a desire to pray. And here's, here's the great thing that we all know is, all of us make the time for the important things in our life. I promise you, most of you today are going to make the time to cook a meal after we leave from here or go to a restaurant, but you're going to make the time to satisfy the appetite, right? Why is that? Because it's important to you. It's important. You're going to make the time to pay your bills. Why? Because the bill collectors will be after you if you don't. It's important. Prayer is above and beyond any of those physical issues that we have here on this earth. It's the number one way of you communicating with God. It's having a dialogue with God. Now, we had a video that played, and it's, it's, a, it's a clip from where Jesus is showing his disciples how to pray. And in fact, let's turn there this morning. It's in your outline if you don't have your Bibles with you this morning. But it's Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. I love, love this particular uh, text here that we're going to be reading from because this is our model on how to pray. Jesus didn't say, these are the words I want you to use when you pray. He goes, this is how you should pray. And last week we talked about that. I broke it down for you on our father, what that means and how we're having a personal relationship with our father. And here today, I want to, I want to have you stand this morning as we read this, if you'll bear with me, starting in verse 9. Chapter 6 and verse 9, stand with me. And look on your outline again if you don't have it in your, if you didn't bring your Bible or electronic device this morning. All right, starting in verse 9, it says the following. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you that it gives us life. It gives us a breath of life, Lord. It gives us assurance, Lord, that you walk with us. And Lord, in this morning's message, Lord, you showed us how to pray. And I pray this morning, God, that we would have a deeper understanding of what it is to have fellowship with you, which is called prayer, which is called dialoguing with you. Having an intimate conversation with you is what you desire for each of us. So I pray this morning that we would have ears to hear, hearts that our spirits would listen and and receive this morning what you have for us. Bring anointing and boldness to your word this morning, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. 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 Look at your neighbor and tell him again, God is good. That's good. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, this series started... And I, and I preached this a few years ago, two years ago, and it was on Sunday, August 24th. I just want to recap again. Sunday, August 24th was the day of the earthquake in Napa. How many remember that again? Raise your hand if you remember that. You didn't have to be in Napa to have felt that. People in American Canyon, Vallejo, surrounding areas felt that earthquake. We were in Napa at that time, so we were really shaken and stirred, stirred to pray that day. And that's where this message started from. And uh, believe me, when your house is shaken and everything and the house is bouncing up and literally bouncing up and down, bouncing you off the bed, things are falling over. You're going to do one of two things. You're either going to scream in panic or you're going to begin to pray. And so we began to pray. And and sure enough, after about 20 seconds, which seemed like an hour, it finally stopped. And then we had aftershocks. And every time there was an aftershock, you'd, you'd think this is the big one. And you'd get ready, and you'd begin to say, Lord, help us, protect us. And sometimes it takes circumstances like that for you to begin to pray to God. But how many know this morning, God doesn't want you to wait until that point or an experience like that for you to begin to pray. He wants you to have a personal, he wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with every one of you in this place today. A personal, intimate relationship. Our father is no different than our earthly parents. Every one of you here had a father and mother, whether you like them or not, whether you have a great relationship with them or not, at some point, each of you desire to have a relationship with them. Your heavenly father is no different. He desires to to have a relationship with you. Of course, he, he already knows you. He created you. He brought you into being. He knows your hurts. He knows your desires, but he wants you to express them to him. He wants to hear from you. Amen. He wants you to begin to, to ask him, Lord, I need your help today. Uh, you know, as, as, as Sister Betty shared this morning, losing two children and then, and then burying two, two husbands and, and going through all the things that she has faced in her life. Every one of you have faced situations, maybe not on that level, But every one of you have faced situations. And only when you have the Spirit of God can you get through something like that. Only when you have the Spirit of God will God allow you to see another day. Because that's not an easy or easy experiences to go through. Amen? Amen? I know that. Here's what we do know about prayer. You know, there's hindrances to prayer. Every time it seems that I want to go to prayer... People, you know, I I have a little study now. I have an office. Thank you, Lord. I lock myself up in there. I don't have a lock, but I close the door. And they know, my family knows when that door is closed, don't bug me, don't bother me. But sometimes, you know, my daughters, I won't say their name. Okay, Raquel. She'll forget. And she'll just knock and come in. I'm printing something, Dad. There's a printer in that room. So she's printing and I'm praying. And it's like, okay, here's your paper, whatever. But there's always something that's going on when we want to pray. Whether it's your cell phone, a text, or somebody calling, or maybe the Niners game is on. You know, something really, really important. You know, it's not like the Raiders are playing. <laughs> it's the Niner church. Sorry, guys. Anyways, things like that will always happen. They'll, they'll spring up. And they're, they're happening for one reason. Your enemy, the one that seeks to destroy your soul wants to prevent you from having a relationship with your father. 
Because he knows if you begin to have a relationship with your father, begin to call on him every day, every day, everybody say every day, that you will become a dangerous weapon in the kingdom of God. Why is it that we can struggle to pray just one time a day, yet Muslims faithfully pray five times a day facing Mecca, every single day, five times a day? And, and there's some right out here, out this door. Why is it that in the Bible, in the Old Testament, King David prayed three times a day, the Bible says, three times. One time he's mentioned as praying seven times a day when he was going through some stuff, all right? Let that be an example. He prayed three times a day regularly. Here we struggle to pray one time a day. And, and if you are praying, can I just recommend, do it at the beginning of the day. Set the tone for the rest of your day. Let God into your life at the beginning of your day. And if you're not doing that yet, that means getting up a little bit early. I know, that's hard, that's a sacrifice. But part of that is what's so rewarding when you begin to set aside that time for you and God. You and God. And believe me, if you're doing that in the morning, there's going to be less interruptions. There's fewer people awake early in the morning. Amen? It's you and God. Uh, I have the great privilege of commuting to work every morning. It's about 12 miles, 13 miles, and it takes me 45 minutes to get to work every morning. And anybody that travels 29 in the morning from Vallejo to Napa knows what I'm talking about. And so I have a great time of praying. That's, I pray then. On the way home, I'm praying. And, and believe me, you have to pray because there's people cutting you off and, you know, all sorts of crazy drivers. But those are great opportunities for me to pray as well. And I use them for that purpose. But all of us have to make a time for prayer. First off, prayer is not some mystical process whereby we call it to some force. Some of us look at, at, at God as a Santa Claus. Oh, Lord, here's my need today. Grant this desire, grant this wish, and, and you only call on them when you have a need. That's not the way it works. I'm not talking about praying like that. You don't order God. God is not your servant, and he's not at your every whim and demand. How many know that already? God wants a relationship with each of you this morning. Prayer is communicating and also hearing from God. Here's the other part that I never understood as a young Christian is, okay, I'm praying, Lord, I love you, Lord, and, and you know, I, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And how do you remember the little card I gave out last week, the prayer card? You got that, right? Raise your hand if you got that little prayer card. I have some on the back table if you did not get one. And I had an acronym, ACTS, for prayer. Adoration for A. C is, is contrition, asking God to forgive you of your sin. T is for thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you for, for my job. I thank you for my home. And then S is supplication. Then you bring up your request to God. See, we got it backwards. We come into God's presence and we immediately say, Lord, you got to help me. I don't know how I'm going to make it with these crazy kids and this crazy wife. I have no... And I'm not talking about my family, of course. <laughs> but whatever that need may be, you begin to present that need out there and just throw it out there. This is the king of kings, the creator that you're talking to, right? There is an order when you come into his presence. How many remember the Old Testament, the tabernacle, when they would wash themselves, they would come in and there was a process. You didn't just charge into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. God, in the same manner today, he wants and desires you to come to him, but there's a process. He wants you to begin to, first of all, express to him how much you love him, how much you worship him. And then, if there's any sin in your spirit, in your heart, confess that at that point. God will not honor our prayers if we have unconfessed sin. How many know that? If you have unconfessed sin in your life, he will not honor your prayers. Let's get that out right now. And so we do that. We confess, say, Lord... I am unworthy. I fall short. I, I yelled at my wife yesterday. I yelled at my kids. I kicked my dog. Whatever it was, confess it and let the Lord forgive you. Amen? And, and so we have that little prayer card to help you understand that when you pray. So true prayer, again, is what happens when our will is aligned with the will of God, when we're in direct connection with Him. That is true prayer. See, we can ask, the Bible does say ask, 
And He will give you your heart's desires, right? But it has to be according to His will. It has to be what, and, and who knows the best will for you? You or God? God does. Remember, have you seen in your life, have you figured it out yet? Those of you that have been living for, for the Lord, that God doesn't give you everything you want, but He gives you everything you need. Amen. Have you figured that out yet? And He's going to give that to you in abundance, everything you need. He wants to do that every day of your life. I don't see any lotto winners here. I don't, I don't play the lotto, but the point is, if He wanted you to be rich, you'd already been rich a long time ago, all right? What he wants to do for you today is to meet all of your spiritual needs, all of your physical needs. Because what good is it to be $300 million richer and be going straight to the pit of hell, right? Uh, If you've ever heard the stories of lotto winners, their lives are a mess, right, after they win the lotto. Because I hear a lot of people saying, Lord, I'm just praying for this one thing. Lord, just help me to win the lotto. Help me to be a million, you know. Sometimes that's the beginning of your problems right there. So you got to be careful what you pray for. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to repeat what I said last week about John Wesley. He was a great theologian. He once said, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. God does nothing in response except in response to believing prayer. And Martin Luther, the father of the Protestant Reformation, he said the following. Check this out. Listen to this carefully. I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. That is amazing right there. I have so much to do today that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Man, that's incredible. Every day. And like, like Martin Luther, every one of you have a lot to do. Especially beginning tomorrow on Monday. Monday, the beginning of the work week. I know you're all, I don't want you to think about it right now. This is God time right now. But beginning tomorrow, many of you have much to do. But can you imagine beginning it with three hours of prayer? Okay, maybe that's too much. How about, how about 15 minutes? How about 20 minutes? How about half an hour? Let it grow. Let it grow. But it's got to start somewhere. Amen? It's got to start somewhere. So why not, why not start it tomorrow? And point number one on your outline. Here's the problem. We're too busy to pray. We're too busy to pray. Right now with school starting back up. And I know this falls a lot on the moms. Moms are usually the ones that are left behind to get the kids dressed, to get them fed, get them out the door, get them to school in in most cases. Not always. But the husbands are always, they're gone off to work already. They don't have to worry about that. And, And if you're not careful, both mom and dad, you're so busy. Well, I've got this and that to do. I don't have time to pray. And at the end of the day, You're too tired to pray because you're so busy. You're so busy. Anybody ever find that? I mean, we've all found ourselves there, all of us. But here's what I want to help you with this morning. I want to help you this morning to minimize the hindrances in prayer. I want to be able to show you how can I minimize hindrances to my prayer life. See, the church in America now is beginning to reflect our culture. Our culture is so busy. We live in what's called the microwave generation, right? We want everything right now. Boom, boom. Like this. Our old band instructor in in high school, Mr. Graff, he would always do this, remember? Flashback. Anyways, our, our culture is so busy, busy. It's one thing after another, after another. You know, yesterday we were at a great family celebration for my uncle who turned 94 years old. Great. He still works one day a week, 94 years old. And it's, it's my uh, uncle and grew up across the street from him. Always a hardworking man, 94 years old. Still, and he's playing golf today this morning. At 7 o'clock, he was teeing off. At 7 o'clock this morning, he still plays golf. And he beats his sons. He's incredible. But uh, it's, it's things like that. We're invited to a birthday party. We're invited to a barbecue. Then we're invited here. And we're invited there. And we've got to go to a concert here. And then we go this. And if we're not careful, we stretch ourselves out too far. We've got to remember, what is the most important thing? Well, you know me. I always say family is the most important thing. You know, next to the Lord, the family is the most important thing. And so I, I want to make sure I honor my, my elders. And that's why we were there yesterday, to honor my uncle. And that was a great place to be. But we have to be careful 
that we're not so consumed in all these things, you know, football games, baseball games, whatever it may be that can consume you. Are you doing those things at the expense of the Word of God? Are you doing those things at the expense of praying? Think about that. How many times are our neighbors here praying? Five times a day. Those neighbors right out here. Five times a day. What about you? Have you prayed today? Have you prayed? Are you going to pray tomorrow? Are you going to begin to do something different tomorrow if you're not already? Don't become so busy because here prayer in our culture, it's been pushed to the side. And unfortunately, what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, we don't have time for you. I'm going to push you aside because these other things are more important. That's what we're really saying if we're not careful. Here, I want to remind you too, though, that being busy is not always bad. My point is that being busy is not bad. James chapter 2, verse 17 said the following, Faith by itself, it is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So the Bible, the word is saying that we need to have works to back up our faith. So it's not saying that we should, we should just stand still. We, we can, but we've got to be careful with that. Because we can even serve in the church and say, Well, I'm, I'm working in the church. I'm doing this and that for God. But if we're not praying, that doesn't mean anything. We got to be praying. We got to be praying. It starts with prayer. None of this right here every Sunday happens without prayer. I have people that pray. We pray on Monday nights. Uh, whether my brother Ed is available or not, I'm praying for you on Monday nights. And some of you here are praying for us as pastors here for the church weekly. I feel that. I sense that. I know that. None of this happens without prayer. It starts with that. It doesn't start with a, a great big offering. It doesn't start with how great the food is back here. It doesn't start with how the songs we worship. It starts with prayer. Amen? It starts with prayer. Recognize this, that when we pray, hindrances will come. So, again, what are we going to do to minimize that? Well, first of all, um, we have to not push prayer to the side. We have to make sure that we realize that is a priority. How many of you are like me that you make lists? How many are list people? You organize things and, and you do things, you check them off, and okay, at the end of the day, you're walking around going, okay, I accomplished a lot because I checked off all my lists, right? And that's how I work. That's how I manage things in my mind. Put prayer at the top of the list. Will you do that for me? Will you put prayer at the top? Everything else can fall below that. Don't neglect prayer and put it down at the bottom of the list. Put that at the top. And you watch your prayer life begin to change just because of that simple thing. Put prayer at the top. Amen. Will you do that with me? Here's why. Because the time we give to our prayer will be a true measure of its importance to us. The time we give to prayer will be a true measure of its importance to us. A wise person recognizes that the busier he or she becomes, the more crucial prayer becomes. That's why Martin Luther could say, I am so busy today, I better pray three hours today. I better pray three hours because he was so busy. Well, every one of you, I promise you, every one of you here as I look at you, you're all busy. All of you are. You all work or you're doing things and you're busy. You're chopping down trees on weekends. Wayne and Irene yesterday. You're doing all kinds of things that are busy, keeping yourself busy. But don't neglect prayer. Amen? Number two, we become too distracted to pray. Let me give you an example which has nothing to do with the prayer, but I think of this often. Like my, my dog, Max. We have a squirrel in our backyard that runs along the fence. And he goes along the fence and he teases my dog, but we'll be back then. We'll be, we'll be playing with my dog. We'll throw the ball and he's coming back and grabbing it. We'll give him a little treat. Good boy, Max. But we could be giving him a treat and all of a sudden he sees that squirrel. Squirrel! And he's gone. He's distracted. He's gone in a second. How many have pets that know what I'm talking about? You have pets, they don't care who you are, what kind of treat you have. All of a sudden they see a squirrel, a cat, they're gone. And he's like that every single time he sees that squirrel. If we're not careful, we can become like Max and see a squirrel and become distracted. Our goal is to pray, pray, but as soon as we, we get down to pray, whether it's kneeling down, whether it's sitting down, 
whether it's even laying down. The important thing is to pray. But all of a sudden you begin to think, well, wait, did I, did I put that roast in the oven? Uh, what time do I got to pick up the kids? Um, and all these things start floating in your mind, right? All these things begin to float in your mind. The enemy right there is trying to distract you. And, and you have to, right there, you have to realize and recognize those are distractions. Lord, help me right now in the name of Jesus to not be distracted. And the Lord will help you. You, you need to, what Anna says with preschoolers, is they need to refocus. They need to refocus. Okay, class, let's refocus. And, and you do that. You begin to say, Lord, help me right now to refocus, not to become so distracted. Don't take your cell phone with you to pray. Unless you're reading scriptures on there, put it on airplane mode where it doesn't ring, you can't get text. Do that. But otherwise, don't bring your cell phone in there when you're praying. That's just a distraction. Don't have the TV on when you're praying. Uh, that's foolishness. It's going to distract you. Get alone, you and God. How many have a prayer closet? A literal place where you, you go pray. You call it your prayer closet. That's what God wants. You and Him. He, see, He's a jealous God. He wants your attention. Your undivided attention. He doesn't want you to be sharing your time with somebody else. He wants your attention. Amen? Here, the problem is, that we live in a busy world. Let's, right now, let's just for, for 10 seconds, not say a word, and just hear what, listen to what you hear. If you do that at home, it's probably even more noises than that. I hear the, the fan humming up here, the projector. I hear the kids in kids' church back there. I hear them outside right now as well. But at home, depending on where you live, you may hear police, you may hear fire trucks, you may hear helicopters, you may hear birds chirping in the air, you may hear your dog barking, cars pulling up. I just heard brakes out there in the parking lot right now. But the point is, you got to get away in a place where it's quiet. And don't allow those external noises to affect you. It's you and God. Because clearly we live in a noise-infested world. No matter where you go, it's going to be noisy, right? How many know that? Here's what the scripture tells us in Psalm chapter 46 and verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. Have you done that? Have you gone somewhere by yourself in your prayer closet, in your home? Maybe it's in your car. Maybe that's the only place you can find that's quiet because you have kids at home and it's not quiet. If you have kids at home, it's not quiet in your house. I understand that. So sometimes that means going in your car. Sometimes that means going for a walk, going for a hike, going around your neighborhood. But you have to get alone by yourself. There's many ways to get alone with God. Amen? Amen. Be still and know that I am God. It's so important that you recognize that first part. Be still. Because many of us have no clue how to do that. We can't stay still for five minutes. Be still and know that I am God. Here's the other problem too that when we're, we're praying, if we're not careful, we can catch ourselves praying, Lord, keep me from trial, from tragedy. Help me not to have... Issues like what, what Sister Betty experienced or maybe Pastor Rick has experienced or, or uh, Irene or whoever it is. I don't want to experience that heartache, Lord. That's, that's so tough. I don't know how, how I can handle that. Lord, please keep me just on this path of roses. And as Pastor Anna said earlier, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. You see, why does God allow you to go through things? Here, here's James talks about this. The book of James but it, you're never going to grow in Christ and become that mature believer unless he, he, he allows you to go through a trial. When he allows you to go through pain, only then can you look back and say, I understand now. Lord, you've grown me up. You've matured me. You've now helped me where I can now relate and share with somebody else that's going through that same process, that same situation. 
God didn't desert you. How many are thankful that He never leaves us nor forsakes us? Amen. He does walk with you. Our heart's cry should not be for a life of pain, free, ease. But it should be to glorify God. Amen. Glorify God. And then point number three. Point number three. You have that on your outline? It says, some people can become too disappointed with God to pray. In other words, they face a time of hurt. In fact, I was speaking to someone via text this, this week, and they said they spoke to people that were hurt when they were younger, and they didn't know how to respond to them, you know, because they were hurt. And they would say, why should I pray to a God that wasn't there for me? How, and that's a tough place to be if you've ever been hurt, and it seemed like God abandoned you or wasn't there for you. Because we hear of all these horrors, we see child abuse, and children, through no fault of their own, abused sexually, physically, uh, mentally, and they grow up, yet they were praying, Lord, help me. Where was God, they might say later. Where was God? And maybe you've gone through a situation like that in your life where you've gone through a tragedy and you may have said, where was God in all this? Lord, I was praying. Where were you in this? Where were you? How come you didn't show up? But if we're... If we're not careful, we, we become so disappointed in Him that we no longer want to have communion with Him. Not realizing that God, first of all, we don't understand why people go through all these things, number one. We don't understand why some people lose children or lose husbands or, or lose, um, bury your kids. We don't understand how that works. Only God does. But, but the other thing too is God is growing you. He's still loving you. He hasn't deserted you through that process. He's wanting to, you to reach out to Him more than ever at that time. And as children, it's hard to, to understand that. As a young person, it's hard to understand that. But as we become older and more mature and more wiser, hopefully, we begin to understand that God never left me nor forsook me. He was walking with me through that whole process. He was there all along. And now he's using me to be able to help those same people that went through the same situation that I did maybe at a young age. Amen? And and we can't realize we don't get it at that time. But don't allow disappointment in your life to cause you to say, Lord, I I don't want to pray to you because you didn't help me. I prayed, but you weren't there. Don't be so disappointed because then... The devil has won. The devil has done exactly what he's wanted to do, is destroy your prayer life, your communication with God. Amen? See, for many people, previously unanswered prayer form a barrier that blocks their desire to talk with God. Again, they think of, what kind of God would allow a disease and and this sickness and that problem to come upon a believer? They might say, I can see where it would happen to somebody that doesn't go to church, an unbeliever. But why does it happen to a a believer that served God all his life, all her life? Why does it happen? And if you're not careful, that can prevent you. That That can cause a division in your spirit. Amen? See, here's what the Bible tells us in Romans 8 and verse 29. Kind of alluding to what I was saying. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, everybody say, all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So I don't care what it is that you've gone through, what you're going to go through, God works in all things, I didn't hear you, all things for the good of those who love Him. Do you love Him this morning? Amen who have been called according to His purpose. God works for the good for those who love Him. Amen. So we don't understand that in that moment when we're going through it, but we do know that God has a greater plan for us. Amen. 
We must continue to hold on to that conviction that God is God and he does things well. I love the song, the new song that's been out a while that says that um, my, my father got, how does it go, Bianca? What's the name of the, that song? He's a good, good father. Is that the title of the song? He's a good, good father. And then it goes on to say, because that's who he is. He's a good, good father because that's who he is. Let us not lose sight of that. He's a good, good father, and he has your best interest at heart. Amen? He has your best interest at heart. So the question I want to ask you today is, how can we have victory instead of disappointment? How can we have victory instead of disappointment? In the face of unanswered prayer, maybe you've been praying for the same thing, for victory here, and you don't see it. You don't see it right now. Did you know that Christians with deep prayer roots pray anyway? You pray anyway. You keep believing. Why? Because that's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see the answer in front of you, but you're, you're believing that God is going to see you through this. Amen? You see, Brother Ed, he's going to be healed. There's no doubt he's going to be healed. The thing that we need to realize, he's either going to be healed here or he's going to be healed up there. And in either case, he is going to be healed in the name of Jesus. God's already given him that healing. And right now, we're, we're all awaiting that day when we'll all be called to be home with Jesus. Amen? All of us will. See, again, God never promised us a life with roses only. It just does not happen. God wants to challenge us. God wants to walk with us. And, and again, it only happens if you have deep, deep roots in prayer. Amen? How many are going to wake up tomorrow morning and, and begin to pray? Begin to say, Lord, I need you. Begin their day by saying, Lord, I need you. Amen? Is that you this morning? See, if you're not careful again, You could catch yourself saying, Lord, keep me from tragedy. Keep me from suffering. And that really what that's doing is it's preventing you from growing and becoming the man of God that that God desires for you. You can't eliminate tragedy. You can't eliminate heartache. God grows you like that. You become that person that God designed you to be. Amen? How many of us want to protect and shelter our kids from everything in the world? Well, you can try. But all you're doing is you're, you're crippling them for life by doing that. You're crippling them. Um, and you can't do that. The, Lord's, he, the Lord knows that for each of us. He's not going to shelter us. He is our shelter, the Bible says. But He's not going to shelter us from trials in our life. That's how we grow in Him. Amen? Learn to trust Him. Learn to, to believe that He has your best interests in heart, at heart. Amen? When, when Jesus prayed the Lord's Prayer, his first requests were that, that God's name be revered, reverenced, that his kingdom come, and that his will be done. That's where our heart should be too. Our heart should cry not for a life of, of pain-free ease, for a life filled with just roses and, and beauty and, and no problems and, and everybody loves me and, and uh, my cars last for 40 years, I don't have to ever upgrade. And Come on, that's ridiculous. It doesn't happen like that. Our hearts cry should be just like Jesus. Lord, help me to revere your name. Lord, help me to honor your kingdom. Amen? And then finally, our last point, point number four, which is probably the most dangerous one, too self-sufficient to pray. Too self-sufficient to pray. You know, one of, one of the things I do as a pastor here and over in Napa as well at our other Napa church, Foothill Christian Napa, we say is, what is your number one prayer today? Have you ever heard me ask you that? What's your number one prayer today? And in that process, you hear all kinds of things. If, if you're really real... Uh, I'll hear all sorts of things, and, and I begin to pray for you on that level. But sometimes, and, and there's certain people that will, everything's always good. Everything's always good. And what I'm trying to say here is that if we're not careful, what we're really saying is, I got it. I really don't need God to help me with any of this. I got it. Life is good. Life is good. And it should be good. I want life to be good with you, but 
Let's get real. All of us need prayer. Every single one of us. Amen? Anybody here don't need prayer? I don't think so. I think every one of you need prayer. So if you ever hear me come up to you and say, what's your number one prayer? Let's just get real, all right? Usually I just ask you one-on-one. So the Lord already knows your need. I just want to come alongside and help you pray for that. Amen? Will you let me do that for you? So again, be careful with becoming that self-sufficient person that says, I don't need God. I don't, I don't need your prayers. I've had people come to me and tell me, not, not in this church, but I've tried to pray with them, and they say, no, I don't want you to pray for me. I don't need your prayers. And that I just feel so sad for that person. I feel so sad for them. They're out of touch from the will of God. And they don't realize that God desires that intimate relationship with them. Revelation Chapter 3, verses 14 through 22 say this, the following. I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But Jesus had a different opinion of them. He said, you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And really, that's what we got to be careful with. When we have all the cares of the world taken care of, when we have a, a fat bank, bank account, when we have the nice Rolls Royce and, and the nice uh, beautiful home and, and everything's clicking and everything's working good, we can say, I don't need you, Lord. I don't need you. Be careful with that. Be very, very careful with that. The Lord brought you into this place. And as a famous comedian used to say, he can take you out. He can take you out if he brought you into this place. Amen? Here's the problem with that that scripture that we just read. Jesus, after he said that, what, what was worse about that was he saw himself standing outside the church. See, that, that revelation, it comes from um, a spot where he's speaking to the Laodicean church in the book of Revelation. He didn't see himself in the church. He saw himself standing outside the church when he's telling these people, hey, what's going on? And, and they're saying, I have no need for you. I've acquired wealth. He was outside. And all he wanted was for them to knock on the door and let him in. He, he was actually knocking on the door. He wanted them to let him in. But they were saying, I have no need for you. We all know people like that, unfortunately. We know people that have no need for the Lord. But my prayer this morning would be for all of you. There's a song, and uh, Bianca's going to come up and, and play that song this morning. And it's a, it's, a, it's a newer song, but it says, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. And I pray that that would be your desire this morning, uh, that, that you would recognize that you can't do life without, without the Lord, that you have to put him number one. Amen. Those of you that have those lists, check things off every day. Put prayer up at the very top of that list, won't you? Put prayer at the very top. In the name of Jesus, you have to begin your days with prayer. And, and let him set the tone for the rest of your day. Because I promise you what's going to happen, if you, if you say to yourself, okay, I'm not going to pray in the morning, I don't have time, I'll do it tonight when I get home. You're going to be too tired to pray. If you're already too busy at the beginning of your day to set aside a time for prayer... I promise you, you're going to be too tired to pray at the end of the day. You're going to, you're going to come home and you're going to do other things that you've got to do because you're a busy person and you're not going to have time to pray. The Lord wants you to begin every day in communion with Him. Amen? Amen. Amen.